Hello, hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I am your host, Jordan Younger. And on this podcast, we go super deep. We talk about everything from aliens to shamanism to entrepreneurship to health and wellness, starting a brand, friendship, relationships, ayahuasca, everything in between. And I am so happy, so honored to have today's guest on the show, the fabulous Shaman Durek, back for his third conversation on the Balanced Bond podcast. I would highly recommend listening to the first two to hear more about his journey and his amazing experiences that he's had in his life. And the near-death experiences that he's had. We've talked about all of that on the show. He's a very, very special person to me, very special person to Jonathan. As you'll hear in this episode, he was at our wedding and we had so much fun. We do a lot of wedding reminiscing in this episode. We talk all about Shaman Durek's relationship with the princess of Norway, Martha Louise. That is his girlfriend. And we talk all about that relationship in this episode. We talk about everything going on in the world right now from Corona to Black Lives Matter to racism and more. And this episode was so special and I felt like it couldn't wait to come out, so we're releasing it as a bonus episode, which is something that I will occasionally do when an episode just hits me in the heart in such a serious, strong, beautiful way that I just can't possibly wait like a month to release it because I do, I record kind of real time, but kind of ahead of time just to keep things profesh and Sometimes I just can't wait. So this is one of those episodes where I absolutely couldn't wait. As you'll hear in the beginning of the episode, I was having a really emotional day. I was hysterically crying to Jonathan before this recording, just telling him like, I'm feeling so much anxiety lately. Things are feeling so intense and heavy. And I knew that talking to Shaman Durek would make me feel better, but I didn't realize how much better it would make me feel. It transformed the way I was feeling, honestly. And he has that powerful ability. He's a shaman, so he works with energy, very much an energy alchemist. And not only did I cry in this episode, but he also got emotional. We both cried he really opened up about some of his struggles with experiencing racism, not only in the wellness world, but also within the royal family and the family that he will eventually, not too long from now, be marrying into. And it just, it brought me to tears when he talked about it on this episode. So I know that you guys will be very moved as well. He's one of the most genuine, powerful, kind, gentle, gentle yet powerful. He does have the ability to be both souls um, that I know on this earth. He's so special to me. And this conversation really blew my mind. Um, And it felt very timely with everything going on in the world right now. So I just didn't want to wait. I just wanted to release it. I hope that it will brighten your spirits today, teach you some things, open your eyes, um, and ultimately just make you feel more awake 
and more seen and heard. That's always the goal of this show and every conversation that I have. So this was the best conversation that I had had for sure all week when I had this conversation because I was just struggling a lot with a lot of anxiety and I've been writing quite a bit about my health and how I've been feeling lately on thebalanceblonde.com as inspired by Glennon Doyle, who is always honest and raw and open. And I'm reading her book right now, Untamed. So between reading Untamed, talking to Shaman Durek, who is such a special and phenomenal human in my life, I was just feeling, and I have been feeling, inspired to really be open lately and really just own my power. So not only Am I owning how I really feel with my sickness and healing? So I'm not going to call it my sickness. I'm actually calling myself out. Um, I need to get used to saying that I'm healing and I'm feeling healthier. So I'm owning that and I'm owning my own powers. And Shaman Durek always reminds me how powerful I am, how really everything that we are worried about so much of it is created in our head and we really do have the power to turn our own life around or our own experiences around. And he is just such an inspiration. So I really appreciate him opening up about everything that we discuss in this episode. It's amazing and I can't wait for you to hear it. And before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to remind you guys or let you know that it's almost that time again where you can sign up for the Institute of Integrative Nutrition if you are interested in being a health coach or starting a career in the health and wellness industry. That's how I got started in this wild and amazing online world. And they're just such a fabulous, fabulous place to get your health coaching certification. And I can get you $2,000 off of your health coaching certification program, which is pretty epic, by just letting them know that I sent you. Or you can use the link in the show notes, which we will leave below, which will automatically then apply that discount for you guys. So IIN, Institute of Integrative Nutrition. If you want to learn more about it, I did do a solo episode about two months ago. So it would be solo episode, my health journey part two, which talks all about health coaching. So check that out. Make sure to use that link below so you can get the $2,000 off of your tuition. If you sign up, being a health coach is pretty awesome. Even if you don't end up being an actual coach, Like myself, I never really went down that path. I just used the knowledge on my blog, podcast, ebooks that I've created, books that I've written, and more. So there's really a lot that you can do with it. And as always, come say hi on Instagram, The Balanced Blonde. Tell me what your favorite part of this episode was after you listen to it. Go support Shaman Durek. Tell him that you came over from TBB Community. Show him that TBB love. And if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, please do so. It would mean so much to me. And if you do, send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com and I will send you my yoga ebook for free as a thank you. 
Yeah, because I know if you take the time out of your day to do something like that for me, I want to give you a personalized thank you and send you a free gift. So with that, let's have this convo with Shaman Durek begin. He is truly incredible, one of a kind, and he's also the author of Spirit Hacking, which is a book that everybody needs to read. He is the host of his own podcast, which you must check out, link in the show notes, and check him out on Shaman Durek on Instagram. So we will dive into this episode now. So special that it had to be a bonus episode. Enjoy. I'm fantastic, my love. I miss you. I miss you. It's so good to see you. It's great to see you. I was just talking to Princess Marta and she would love to come on your podcast if you have her. I would love to have her on. She seems incredible. You guys seem so happy together, which makes me so happy. I want to talk all about that in the episode. And I want to see you. Are you you in LA? I'm here in LA, yeah. So I could either come over to your place or you can come over here or either or whatever. Yeah, let's do it. I okay. just kind of started getting back out in the world again a little bit, which feels so good. It has been so, just such a wild time. Which it's going to shut down again. And my dear, the spirits told me we're going to go through a second wave coming up in August, which is mid, mid, it's going to already start within the next couple of weeks. So it's got the most insane chills when you said that. Yeah. I've been having that feeling. Obviously, I trust. I, I that was the first thing I wanted to know from you and your spirits. And God, I know I've been like so emotional all day, just feeling so many things. <laughs> so, well, you're going through a metamorphosis right now, my dear. You you are just now going. You're you've been shifting through your empathic energies, which has been a lot of the things that have caused you a lot of pain in the past. And also, we like being able to see a higher vision for humanity that humans have not yet seen because you've always been this pure heart since you were a little girl. And so like what's happening now is being able to still be able to feel those emotions, but not be so affected by what the world is doing. And how how do you create that, that centering autonomy for yourself? Like that's, what's coming up spiritually. Um, the spirits are telling me about you. Wow. So how do I, do we have any answers here? I mean, I feel, I was honestly so emotional earlier today. If I was doing this podcast with anyone, but you, I would have postponed it. But I was talking to Jonathan like an hour ago and he's like, no, this is Shaman Durek. Like you need to be talking to him. So, I miss him. Me, me, I not me. I love, love you. little boy just came out <laughs> making weird sounds because I love him so much. Um, so here's the thing you have to do is you have to say this. So say these words and repeat these words. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. That the people. That the people. Will make the same choices. Make the same choices that I've seen in other lifetimes. That I've seen in other lifetimes. And I can feel this fear inside of me. And I can feel this fear inside of me. And the sadness. And the sadness. And however, now that I've confessed it to spirit. And however, now that I've confessed it to spirit. I can release it and let it go. I can release it and let it go. And clear it out of my body now. And clear it out of my body now. By vibrating the muscles in my system. By vibrating the muscles in my system. And changing the frequency within my body. 
and changing the frequency within my body. And releasing it through my breath right now. And releasing it through my breath right now. <sighs> you feel that? Yes. Yeah, because you see, my dear, <laughs> you were around in a lot of lifetimes where humans didn't make the right choice and it led to the destruction of, of civilizations. And you were always the one who was like, why people, why, why can't we come into love? Why can't we come into a, a, a wholeness of each other? Like, why can't we pull into each other instead of constantly fighting against each other because of this enslavement that's been happening on our planet by these ETs who took dominion over us and keeps us in this disarray and this disconnection by using telepathic frequencies to make us hurt our own selves and destroy our own resources. And so you're at, a lot of your life has been about understanding how your body is functioning and how your body has been um, affected by the empathic frequencies you have. You have to realize at some point, my dear, that you need to be carrying different types of stones like pyrite or hematite or, you know, um, any type of metallic stone, lodestone, because you are uh, an acute impact. That means you can feel the suffering of both the planet and the people at the same time. And that's going to affect your immune system. That's going to make you um, put yourself in situations where you find things to attack your immune system. So it could be like something you eat or drink, or it could be some type of thing that you let in your body to affect you to cause autoimmune situations because of the fact that you've been feeling bombarded and attacked since you were a child. And a lot of the, a lot of the synthesis that has happened also is because in your family, there has always been this kind of like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say anything bad about your family because I love your mom and dad, but there is a level of protection that they needed to have to be able to help you understand these, these violence and things that are happening in the world instead of like coveting you so much to the point where you had to come and discover these things on your own and it was really a threat to your system when you found out about it. And so a lot of your diet changes and a lot of the things that you've gone through through your journey of being the balanced blonde has been exactly what your name is, which is about finding balance right. within the chaos and the peace. And it's like, how do you... How do you live in a world where there's so much chaos, but still be this peaceful, amazing woman that you are and still build a family and then feel comfortable about having family and children in this world when all of that keeps coming up for you? It's like, why well, am I going to bring children in this world? What am I going to do? How are they going to be affected? Because you start, because your empathic energies knows that you would have to create some form of safe haven so that the epigenetics that affect your child while it's in the gestation period is going to create harmony for your child versus create any type of um, illness or any type of problem for your child. Right. So there's all these factors playing out right now for you. And this is a, this is a, a really important time for you to spend more time submerged in water with sea salt. It is a time for you to spend more time, um, you know, just having, you know, the time to not feel like you have to figure it out for everyone. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is so on point as always. These are the things I've been thinking about for the last several hours. Like I want to have kids so bad. I want to have them yeah. bad, but I can't. Like I'm, I'm sick. And what if, what if I pass this on to them? And oh my God, the state of our world, what's going to happen in 10 years on this earth? Like, oh, this could exactly drive me crazy. 
Right. But the first thing you have to stop saying you're sick, my dear. Right. I know that is not. Have, okay. So let me ask the spirits some question. A council members who deal with the health of, the, uh, of Jordan's body, what is the real situation that is happening and that's causing all of these things to manifest? Uh huh. Right. Okay. Thank you. And so you said, so okay, let me just tell you what they said so that we keep the conversation going. Um, so the council member said that you don't have clear boundaries. And, and, and when we say clear boundaries, we mean boundaries that define the safety of yourself in the rest of the world that you're picking up on and feel responsible to hold. Right. Um, a lot of your ancestry, if you actually go back in your mom's bloodline, because I'm actually seeing your mom's bloodline, you have incidences in your mom's bloodline in family history where they've created illnesses for themselves because of the empathic energies that they've taken on. And even in your mom's body, your mom holds on to a lot of uh, stuff in her intestinal area and, and the bloating and the gassing and like, you know, and holding on to that weight and all of that because of the, the constant empathic and, you know, feelings of attack that she's getting from the rest of the world and then trying to keep a happy smile and happy face about it all doesn't support, right? Because that's the contradiction that you see. It's like, hey, mom, you need to be honest about how you're really feeling versus trying to mask it and then put make it all about dad and focusing on dad when you need to be focusing on yourself as a woman and what you're actually receiving and taking on. Well, the same, right? So we, we look at that, right? And then we look at, oh, okay, so how is that playing out in your health? Oh, here we go. It's playing out in your health with this constant um, feeling of attack that is happening or that can come out of nowhere, which can throw your whole entire um, immune system off and mostly not just your immune system, but we're talking about your endocrine system here. We're talking about the, the fine frequencies that actually make up your endocrine system and the way that your hormones are balancing out and regulating themselves in your body. Okay. So the first thing we have to recognize is one, the acidic breakdown in your body is caused by you worrying too much and creating that very dissonant channel of frequency of fear and helplessness. The fear and helplessness, which generates worry actually is breaking down the frequencies that keep your balance from your, that keeps the balance in your body from you getting sick. So when you start going into like, okay, what do we got to do here? And 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 you keep saying that over and over, the more you are creating those frequencies to go out of alignment. And then all of a sudden you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, why am I feeling this way? How come I feel tired? Why am I skin breaking up? Why do I feel like my stomach is tight? Why do I feel these things? Well, because your body's like, hey, you operate on frequency. So you should be having music playing in your house all day long that are esophageal tones that are creating what we call harmony. You need harmonious energy. Yes. You need to be surrounded by nature. You have too much buildings around your energy. It's not working for you. Like you need nature, my love. You need lots and lots of nature to balance out you, the balance blonde. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel that so strongly. You're so powerful. You're, it's, it's, it's just, it's amazing how on point you are. It's true. 
I'm a shaman. What do you, what am I supposed to do? Sit here I, and, uh, you know, <laughs> count, count the, the, the sheep jumping over the moon. <laughs> you know, I mean, my role is to be of service and that's the greatest gift that God has ever given me. You know, it's, 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 it's not the success or how many people follow me or the, how many, like what I can buy material wise, because it, 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 material should always be to support your community and support each other to, ha- to feeling more joy, more happiness and being able to thrive more. For me, it's the service. It's, it's the ability to have the, the, the know-how as a shaman to be able to help people see the power that they represent mm-hmm. and get out of this kind of like indoctrinated guru, shaman, hierarchy, you're better, I'm not, unless I have this or I have that. It's like this duplicited depletion of, of the lack that we keep playing out in the spiritual wellness community that if you don't have this, something's missing from you versus us learning how to truly be like what you, what you represent. Balance, right? So what is balance? Balance is synergy. Yeah, it is. Wow. Do you know that to your, I think it's to your right. I'm really bad with right or left. There's like a light beam that keeps coming in. Do you see that? It's like no. all around you. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. So beautiful. And you're <laughs> You're surrounded by nature right now, which looks so nice. I could use that right now. And thank you. Thank you for starting off this conversation and this podcast, helping me so much, helping my heart so much. That rings so true in so many ways. Boundaries are hard for me. And change your wordage. We're not going to program your ego to okay, keep you're right, you're right. for you. Say, I am stepping into. I am stepping into... In a beautiful way. In a beautiful way. Of honoring myself. Of honoring myself. And my autonomy. And my autonomy. As a me first. As a me first. Pathway. Pathway. To success. To success. That feels good. Yeah. That feels really, really good. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Love you so much. It's so good to see your face, your angelic face. I can see you shapeshift even through the computer screen, which is so cool. <laughs> angel soul coming through. So beautiful. So let's, let's catch up on your life. You've, you've been, this is your third time on the show. So update everybody here. You've had a book come out in the last year, Spirit Hacking, which is amazing in which you predicted so much of what's happening right now in 2020. And you're in a beautiful relationship. Update us on the life of Shaman Derek. Uh, can you ask some questions and then I can update you to yeah, give me okay. some ideas so of where start, to focus my attention? Let's start with number one, your relationship. How did you meet the princess? And how's everything going between the two of you? So we met, um, I think it's something two years now, uh, because we met and we became friends at first. And we met through a mutual friend named Milana Snow. Mm-hmm. And Milana Snow um, was friends uh, with Princess Marta and had a session with her. They were doing a trade. Um, and Milana also, you know, was with me. And so Milana said, Oh, you know, I have this amazing person that I want you to meet. And at the time I was still coming out of my own type of somewhat relationship with this other girl that I was with and really deciding like, you know, that relationships were actually a distraction for me than focusing on my real relationship, which is with, which is with God. 
And when I say that, if it charges people, I'm talking about the God of unconditional love that you speak into and it creates as you speak into, not the God that was formulated by the ETs that punishes you and gives you clauses of demands and realities based on heaven and hell. Um, So when I got into that space of having this introduction, more so like a blind date, um, I wasn't really interested in it because I was doing a lot of focus on women empowerment in Turkey and really creating, um, bringing shamanism to the mainstream for doctors and the TV show doctors that I'm on and really being able to kind of create a forefront for shamanism, not as some kind of like uh, antidote of ayahuasca and iboga and like dancing and banging drums and rattles, but really coming into a place of shamanism from the understanding of true awareness of self in relationship to the food we eat, to the relationships we have, to the community, to nature, to all of it. And how do we create a true, authentic, playful, non-resistant, and yet free-based way of living, living our lives in true liberation and what that represents and how do I continue to liberate myself? So I was like, in order for me to do that, I really need time to be the hermit and be with my own energy and to be with myself. And then I had this wonderful friend named Selena who was running Dave Asprey's company. And she said to me, if something shows up, Derek, and spirit brings it to you, you shouldn't just you know, push it away just because you have these other views. You need to be open just as much as you say, flexible just as much as you speak about, and be fluid to the opportunities that spirit in life is bringing you. And so I decided to engage in that um, meeting. And then I found out only but weeks before the meeting that she was a princess. And that was a red flag for me because, you know, I've seen, I've traveled quite a bit and I've been to, I used to live in Sardinia in Porto Chevo and I've seen a lot of worlds come in through there and I've watched how they act at different parties and events that I've been at. And I was like a little bit concerned that I might be too much for a royal. You know, and I'm a very transparent, free person. So I'm a type of person who will tell you exactly what I think and feel. And if I'm putting to a situation where someone is telling me I can't be who I am, that is going to be difficult for me. And I thought, you know, perhaps that's, you know, who she is. And then I was invited by Milana to let go of that, which has been, she's an amazing coach and really helping you, you know, put your mind in the, the place that it needs to be. So I entertained in meeting with her and she came with some friends to my place in my house in, um, in, in the Hollywood Hills. And I, she walked in the door, looked in my eyes and I saw these blue eyes and I fell right into her eyes. And I looked at her and I saw Egypt. I saw me sitting on a throne with my scepter and she was standing next to me with all these gold around her and like jewels on her. And she had her hand on my shoulder and um, she was like my beloved and literally looked at me and goes, I remember you. And I said, yes, we were destined to meet as, as according to, you know, it's been, I, I forget how, you know what, when you have her on your podcast, she can tell you cause she says it best. But so I said some kind of thing and she kind of rolled her eyes inwardly as like, oh my God, this LA guy, you know, which she told me later. You know, and we had a lunch and with my niece and, you know, with her friends and my, you know, assistant and my team. And it was lovely. And then afterwards, I kind of showed off my powers to her friends and she <laughs> thought that was funny as well. And um, she was outside and, you know, she, I had no idea she was outside crying on the porch because she said she never thought that she would ever meet magic before. Like she thought about it as growing up. But when you grow up in a palace, and you have servants, and you have a father who's a king, a mother who's a queen, and you have royal duties, and you have all of these 
rules and, um, you know, certain behaviors and structures that are already set up for you, but you see spirits and you see things and you hear things. And yet everyone around you is telling you that that's crazy, but you don't want to say too much because in your country, they can admit you to saying that you, you know, you're crazy and that you're, you've lost your mind. And so for her to be the type of princess who, you know, would, you know, disguise herself and sneak out and go into town with a wig and contacts and, and, you know, put on commoners clothes and, you know, and, and, and introduce herself to other people who had like mind and then open up the healing center behind the whole country's back and run it and teach people emotional awareness and psychic abilities and all of these different things. And then your whole life, you're told to you marry a prince. And so she's dated all these princes and, you know, marry this guy. He's a banker, be with this guy. And she met her husband, Ari, who was amazing, you know, went to Steiner school. They had three beautiful children today. Um, that are still, you know, um, you know, Emma, Maud, and Leah, who are my heart and soul. You know, they, and Ari and them created these beautiful children. And then you find out um, that, you know, that's not, you're not truly happy. And, you, you know, you come out of that relationship and you've been told by psychics that there's some guy of dark skin who's your true mate and you have, he's coming and so forth. And so when she met me, it was like, it was an impact for her. And it was an impact for me. However, I wasn't willing to entertain it. At that time, because like I told you before, my devotion to God and spirit and ancestors and to the people, it was my focus. And so we became friends and we would talk and then I would travel and she'd come and see me and she was doing something at United Nations and she'd come over to my resident hotel. And, and then we build and she built with my family. And I said, look, you have three kids. You know, children are a lot. They mean a lot to me. I've dated a lot of women with children and uh, lost those women and their children. That was really painful. So before I go into any relationship with women with children, I always want to make sure that I get along with the children and that the children understand me. So I was like, we have to start having the kids come around. I want to take them out to Universal Studios. I want to do fun things and bring my family and see how we get along before we go into this a little bit deeper. Let's just be friends and just have the kids come around. So we did that for a while. And then, uh, and then we fell in love. And, uh, you know, I think, the, I think the most challenging thing for me was going from focusing on who I am as Shaman Durek and then shifting narratives over to being, you know, a royal, uh, in a royal couple, being a royal couple and being a part of the royal family, which came on with a lot of intensity. You know, I was thinking about Megan and how she felt every single day being in, with the royal family and how... There are times where I felt like I was going to lose my mind, you know, and, you know, when you're, you're such a free spirit and I'm such a, 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 a being that is like radiant light that just loves to be free and playful and fun and sing spontaneously Disney songs and dance around and like, you know, and have fun, have tea parties and play and have fun and love and all these things. And then fit myself into a, you know, a suit buttoned up and like sitting with my back straight and legs a certain way apart and like, you know, following certain etiquettes and how do I introduce myself to other royal family members who are coming from the other palaces and for dinner or for balls or for outings or for royal weddings. And that was a lot. It was like a crash course. And I'm still, I'm still trying to, to digest with love how to be those two people. Right. Yeah, that's a big shift. 
And it's been amazing to watch you fall in love and be so happy. And I'm so happy for you as someone who loves you. And I just, I know the love that is between the two of you. And it's also so fascinating. And I know you've talked about experiencing some racism within the royal family. And if you could talk about that, that would be so illuminating, especially for those of us who just, I just can't even imagine that. Like you're the most lovely person. And to me, to be met with that type of response, I'm sure was, was hard. Yeah. You're bringing up emotions in me now and I'm starting to cry. We both cry. Okay. okay. I cried at the beginning. <laughs> um, I think that I've dealt with racism my whole life as a kid growing up being called the N-word and being excluded and having friends who are my, I thought were my best friends. And then their moms telling them they can't stay come over anymore because they lost their ring and blamed me for stealing it and then found it and then invited me back over. And it was just like so many slaps across the face. And I think also that by being harassed by police all the time and always having my father remind me of what it was like for him and the things he saw and the lynchings he saw and the, you know, and I've done a lot of internal love on myself to get to a space of accepting the reality that's in America when it comes to racial discrimination and realizing that, yes, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, wonderful man, beautiful, brilliant spirit who has such vision to be able to acknowledge the dream that we all are capable of having, yet to create civil rights that we can be civilized, but yet the human rights that we think we have, not the human rights that is just projected from United Nations, but the true human rights as a spirit, as a living being, as an entity that's embodied in this color, in this flesh, in this biological spacesuit, has to endure daily, you know, and, and not feel like there's ever a moment where it stops. And you just feel like everything you do is met, you know, even in the wellness world, it has been so challenging navigating myself as a shaman since the early 90s, sharing shamanism with people before Whole Foods was even built to any of these wellness ideas were built as a, as a part of our daily lifestyle. And then to have made peace with that and be able to, to rectify that I'm not going to be that angry guy. I'm not going to be that person who's blaming white people. I'm not going to be that person because that's only just exactly what the matrix wants. It wants me to be angry. It wants me to feel left out. It wants me to, you know, to feel these energies and use the, take that pain and really turn it into, um, to love and love more and more, the more I feel that. And so you know, being thrown to the ground, being pulled over, having, you know, cops put guns to my back, blaming me for robbing stores that I never did just because of the color of my skin, getting scuffs on my knees because they think I did something that I didn't do, and just always singling me out because of the color of my skin. I just got comfortable with it and just dug into love even more. But being with the, in the royal family has been a challenge for me because I, the moment I went public with my relationship with Princess Marta, I mean, the, the, the consensus in Norway was that the paparazzis were the biggest on me more so than Justin Bieber. I mean, it was, I remember arriving at the airport with my nieces and running because it was so intense for me. I've never, I've never had so much scrutiny in my life. I've never felt uh, this point of my life where I had to give up my privacy. You know, like I, I can't 
speak about things openly anymore. I can't have friends come to my house anymore and talk freely about things unless they sign a non-disclosure. I can't go out to places without knowing that there's spies. And, you know, there's people who hire private eyes on me. I have spies that watch me. I have uh, death threats that are constantly given to me in Princess Marta. I get racial comments from Spain, from Germany, from the Netherlands, from London. I, you know, the press is always watching every podcast I go into. They see my name, they know the podcast, they go right in and listen. Uh, they go onto every IG, they watch every little thing I do. I think I'm on vacation and I'm private and the paparazzis have rented houses near the area and have long lens range cameras and they're videotaping everything that I do. I have to close my windows, my blinds everywhere I go because the camera is sitting there in my window trying to get a picture of me naked, trying to get a picture of me being intimate, trying to get a picture of me doing something that they can make tabloids on. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the press all the time. Every time I look at Google or I look at what's going on in English press or Spain or Mexico or whatever, there's always something written about me and Princess Marta. And I think... You know, I've learned to build a very strong inner core, Jordan, that I've never had before. I, I, I definitely had a strong core, but my disposition or my positioning on strength has changed because I had so many breakdowns. I think I even called you once and talked to you about it. I was having a meltdown. I like cried on TV. I started having panic attacks in the morning. Everywhere I went, I never had like people were just in my face and there still are, but now I've learned how to kind of like shift my perspective into just letting the paparazzis get what they want. Cause I know it's feeding their families and I know it's, 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 there's people who are behind it that need to pay their bills. So I'm just like, here, take the picture. I'm going to stand still. I'm not going to run and look like a crazy person. But the issue that I've had within the, within the Royal family, when I can't go too deep into it, but I can talk about the things that I'm open about around it. Yeah was at a royal wedding that I was at. And um, every time around other royal family members or other princes and princes and kings and queens of other palaces, um, there's always this, I can always feel this, this stigmatism. It's like, yes, they're being polite because in the royal house, you don't really say what you really mean. You say it in a very cordial way. Like if you're irritated with someone, you don't say, you really piss me off. You would say something in regards to, well, you know, it, it seems that you um, have created quite a stir um, with everyone today. You know, and you don't say, like, I'm mad at you. You say, oh, well, you know, it just seems that you are um, acting in a way that is um, unpleasant. You know, when you really know what, you, what they mean. And, and so being at the Royal Palace uh, for the wedding, you know, we're in this huge castle. We're in this land that's, like, extraordinarily, like, right out of the movies. And we're, you know, we're having the royal dinner and I, you know, I'm sitting across from one of the princesses. I can't say her name because it's, I'm not allowed to talk about these things, but let's just say she's very um, important in the royal family, not in Marta's family, but in her, one of her cousins. And she's looking at me upside, up, down, sideways, like, why is this guy on this table? You know, and you can feel it. You can feel the uncomfortableness that people have that who is this black man? Who is this colored man, this melanated man that is in our society? Who are you? Why? How, 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 who do you think you are? You know? And so when I was at one of the real weddings, one of the, um, and I can't say who it is, but, you know, they sat down on the table and they basically said to me, like, where did you learn your etiquette from? 
And I said, well, I learned my etiquette growing up as a kid in my family. And they go, oh, well, your family must be very weak. I said, well, why is my, why is my family weak? I said, well, because your family is weak that they would have to teach you etiquette so that you can pretend to be with our, so be, you know, to be with us. Oh my God. And I said, you know, my family is quite strong actually. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. And, um, and then it went into like, isn't your family roots um, from Ghana and from West Africa? And I said, yes. Well, you know that we were sl- the first slave traders in Ghana. Like who says that? That is, you know, no, seriously, who says mm-hmm. that? And the person was saying these things to me only to get a rise out of me so that they can get me angry and act out so they can point out, see, this person doesn't belong. But because I've dealt with so much of the the racial discord in America, I've learned to garner myself this great deal of respect and dignity within myself that when, you know, it's like I always go back to Dr. Martin Luther King walking to the podium and saying that speech that changed the world and that man spit in his face and he wiped the spit from his face and said, I do believe this belongs to you and handed him the handkerchief with his own spit on it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I look at how I deal with these conflicts is that I'm not going to act out to give you the power that you've been trying to achieve by saying these very mean and very just very uh, crass and non uh, intelligent ways of communicating to another person and not uh, with complete void of love and complete hate and malice to, to, to attack me in such a way. I'm just going to simply say, it seems that the conversation has become very stale. I'm going to retire to my quarters and um, Princess Marta, will you accompany me to our room? And it seems to, uh, you know, uh, you know, thank you for sharing this time with me and may you have a good evening. And I want to reach out my hand, which, you know, I don't shake people's hands, but you know, I did that. And he, you know, repulsed at my hand and said, I would never touch your hand or anything to do with your type of people. And was just like laughing in my face. Like, are you kidding me? Do you actually think you would ever have me touch you? And I said, well, then I bid you farewell. And, you know, that's the thing is that when you're in the royal family, you don't, it's not like... I'm going to be free and dance Disney and do all that kind of stuff. You know, you have to really fit into this, this certain way. And so when I think about Harry and Megan, who are, you know, Martha's cousins, uh, well, Prince Charles is Martha's cousin. So that makes her fourth cousin to Harry. Um, You know, I look at how she must have felt, you know, being this actress from LA, you know, where you're free and you say what you want to say. And then all of a sudden you're pushed into this tiny itsy bitsy little you. And that's how I feel. Like I, I remember Marta said to me, honey, I want you to know that um, you're going to feel pressure from everything. And if it's too much, let me know. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then I felt the pressure. I lost my personality and I got put, molded into this very structural royal family member that you know follows the rules and does what I'm told and all these types of things. And when we finally got out of that environment, it took me a week to recover. And I started crying because I lost myself. Right. The part of myself that's the playful boy. Mm-hmm. The part of myself that likes to, to, to spontaneously go, Geronimo! <laughs> you know? And like just the fun parts of who I am. Yes. And yeah, so that has been um, a challenge. And I think also the death threats 
have been a challenge when people, uh, you know, threaten my life and tell me they're going to look for me and find me and do these, all these, and they describe all the horrible things they want to do to me and really, you know, reporting that to the palace police and guards and really helping the palace be able to crack down on those death threats for me and Princess Marta. Mm -hmm. And then also I think the reverse racism that comes from um, the melanated, the black community Mm -hmm. of who do you think you are dating a white woman um, you're disrespecting your own kind. So where is, it's at what point do we start focusing on love right. versus these, these very distorted principles that we've held so strong to that need to come undone? And I, I have a lot of respect for my girlfriend and you'll find out when you, if you speak to her, she's such an eloquent um, speaker, woman, a powerful woman um, who speaks for women's rights and against, uh, against homosexuality abuse, against anything that is Anything that is affecting anyone from being able to expand their light and be who they are. And what I love about her is she's the first of the royals to speak out on racism and take the the arrows and knives and daggers that's been coming at her for being the first to speak out about the fact that she was born into privilege and she was born into a system where she had no idea that racism existed until she started dating me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to talk to her. You guys are such a power couple. And I've just been listening so intently and getting chills and tearing up and like, you're the most powerful person I know. I I love you so much and you're so strong and it just hurts me so much to hear that you've been treated this way and to know that this exists out there, which I know is a privileged thing for me to say, to, hear, to be shocked that that exists and that happens. And it's hard. And it's also like, who can you even please? Because you're saying there's reverse racism and there's just so much anger and, and pain. And when, you, and when you talk about the person who was, who was so... Um, awful to you and wouldn't shake your hand and was talking about slavery, you as a shaman can see that person is full of so much pain. So to be able to see that and to still, to still act with such grace and strength as you do, I just want to commend you because that's, that's beautiful. And it's, it's, um, it's love and you always act with love and grace. And so how can we all do that with, with the divide that's happening right now and the pain in our world? What would be some tips that you have for remaining in love and unity and not accidentally pissing people off, which seems to be just what the norm right now? What would be your advice for us? So, you know, one thing I've learned in all of these things, you know, And uh, I think it becomes something that can be a great great way for us to center ourselves is recognizing love's resilience and really being able to see love as a covering and recognizing that what you see someone doing or acting out, you you can't really react to it because they're living in a different evolution than you are. And I think we forget sometimes about evolution because we get in this idea that that person should know better. 
And that person should be kinder because that's who you are. And so we have this part of us, a part of ourselves. And it's really interesting because I, being growing up in a, um, with a lot of abuse and, and, and a lot of sexual molestation done to me and a lot of things that I've gone through in my own personal life, being bullied and beaten up at school for being the, the nerd who, you know, who collects stamps and coins and, you know, loves action figures. And when I, people thought, you know, that, yeah, that, that you should be cooler than that. And, you know, whatever, because I had a Depeche Mode fan club. Okay. The point of the matter is, you know, um, or being fact that I'm, you know, I'm black and I don't listen to hip hop. I listen to country music and I listen to rock and roll and I love Metallica and like that, you know, so I got beat up a lot. And what I've learned is, is that we have a tendency as human beings to want to be loved by our abusers. We want people to accept us because we can't understand why they wouldn't if we're coming from this true place of love. Why would they see that about me? Or why would they say that to me? Or how could they do that to me? You know, so we keep wanting to go into the darkness and say, love me, love me, love me. We want to get our abusers to love us. We keep extending the olive branch and, and, and hopes that one day we can change that person to come into a place of wisdom, clarity, enlightenment, love, however we associate, you know, being woke. And I think what we have to recognize is that when we do that, we are basically insulting our own intelligence. We, we were, we're going into a space of wanting something from another person that they can't give for where they are in their evolution. Mm-hmm. So the greatest place we can do, or the greatest thing we can do, the greatest place we can be is in love's resilience. And that is the ability to keep loving without needing that brought back to you, right? That you become a, a surgeons of love because you're, you're a self-generating being of love which is truly the source, is truly what God is, right? That's in you. It's that, it's that everlasting love. You know, it's like, I love that in Willy Wonka, the everlasting gobstopper. It's the everlasting love, right? It's the everlasting love that no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how you act, no matter how you show up, I'm going to love you. It doesn't mean you have to jump into the negative currents of their abuse, but it's just, I'm going to love you for where you are in your evolution. And I'm not going to take it personally or see it as an attack upon myself for not being able to get you to see my point of view or to see that I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the key. It's like, we all want to be the good person, right? But it's not about being the good person as it's more about us being able to demonstrate uh, liberation, from attaching labels and, and words and conditions. And, you know, as everyone wants to be on the red, you know, wants the red side, everyone wants the blue side and everyone wants it. But I'm like, let's choose the purple pill. Let's choose, let's choose the pill that is all about, you know, all inclusiveness. And, you know, even when I see people like Deepak Chopra or Tony Robbins or any of these people, and I have a lot of respect for these gentlemen, but what I would like to see more in the in the world of wellness and biohacking and all this stuff is the women um, leaders coming forth as the voices, you know, to also lead us. Because I see too much of the male trajectory of, of you know, that this is the male trajectory of the conscious world of biohacking, of the spirituality, of the transformational world and all these spiritual worlds and stuff. And 
you know, even the other day I was looking at this whole thing and it was like black leaders who are speaking out and like Reverend Michael Bethwick is doing this thing. And I looked at all the men and like two women, there's more women in the world who have so much great intelligence to share with all of us. And I think that if we're going to truly change things, we have to stop locking ourselves up and shutting down because other people are uncomfortable. So people are going to get mad. I mean, what's new? This is the time for people to get mad. This is why all the blackout is happening. That's what I talk about in the book, Spirit Hacking. Right. You know, people are going to get upset and they're going to get jarred and they're going to get triggered. Welcome to unsheathing the nonsense that's been sitting under the rugs for far too long. And the house cleaning has begun. And welcome to the blackout. 12 years of house cleaning for humanity and for our species to get it in a place of love so that we can thrive. And if we don't, then, hey, we, you know, then we don't. And we, we have to re- re- reestablish the, the experiment again with very little people on the planet and rebuild again from tribal structure as we did. So, you know, it's like, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a person who's being affected by everyone around you and be a victim because other people are choosing to act out what they need to act out? Because a lot of people are like, I'm so angry with what's going on. You were angry before that was going on. So let's acknowledge that, right? That's so true. That's what I'm seeing a lot of is like, this has kind of become an excuse for people's anger to (laughs) in all places, in very undeserving places. And I think really innocent people have been the target of this anger, trying not to be biased and mention myself, but I mean, so much anger. And it's like, well, I always hated you anyway. And it's like, well, just because so much awful stuff is happening in the world shouldn't give people an excuse to be so mean. And so that's why I'm so in line with your approach of love and being in the purple middle and, and seeing everyone's point of view and knowing that most people are doing the best that they can. And that's not everybody, but most people are. So it's, it's really wild. And I know that the blackout that you talk about was, was something that you've been seeing coming for a long time. So are we at the beginning of that 12 year cycle? Like yeah, we're at stage years one. This to look forward to or not yeah. look forward to. Yeah, we're in stage one, moving in stage two, which is the racial discord. Stage three, which is the un, the unsheathing of darkness playing itself out through government and how the government will reveal its manipulative lies towards humanity for the purpose of subjugation and fear. The consciousness of humanity is being shifted into a way for us to truly understand what it means to truly be autonomous and not codependent, but independent and uh, sustainable because most human beings don't operate in sustainability. Not They operate it maybe in their ways they conduct their lives, such as like buying sustainable products or like, you know, making their imprint, you know, a little bit less on the planet, but that's not true sustainability. True sustainability is being able to recognize that you are the surgeons, you are the source, you are the energy that is, doesn't need to have something happen on the outside to jar you emotionally, to get you to take action or to get you to be more loving or to get you to be more generous or kind. Like you are the self-generating source. And I think we are now, we have just separated. Wait, so we, like, let me just go with the council members. Uh, council members, and then we turn the 12 years of the blackout. Which phase are we in right now? Second phase. And what is the second phase, council members? This resurgence of the lies against humanities that have been going on for a very long time. 
Um, so that means that the lies against humanity is coming up to be resurged because human beings still haven't claimed their power over it. Um, how do human beings claim their power over it, council members? To retract their power from those who, uh, retract your power from those who need it in order to be in power. So it's an energy shift of, of what we call uh, retaining or pulling back our power from those who we've put in power. So we know that every celebrity, every politician, every world leader has become who they are because they've instilled fear and the need for so, uh, substance to give us for survival or for thriving. So we acquire to choose them as our whoever it may be that we choose to accept it, be it a celebrity or influencer or whatever. But the thing is, what we have to do is start looking at the energy of that person. If it's coming from an amplification of love and true humbleness, is it coming from a place of what it means to, to, to help people in their own power and autonomy? Or are they wanting you to stay codependent and, 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 and helpless and a victim and needing whatever resource they have to give you? That's a problem. And that doesn't just exist in our politicians, that exists within wellness leaders. I see wellness leaders keeping people on hooks to depletion of you're not, it's, you don't, like I hear someone said uh, recently, uh, you, need, you need to learn to love yourself. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Who are you to tell someone they need to love themselves instead of saying that you just need to amplify more love for yourself or enhance the love that you already have for yourself? Why is the cup always empty so that people feel the emptiness, the void, where they feel like they have to be a, to get something else to fill it up, instead of us helping people become these leaders. Yeah, that's so true. I love that approach. And that's helped me a lot because that's the way that you frame everything. And it's like, we are already full of love. We just need to amplify that love. Yeah, that's the sweet spot right there. That's so true. Well, that will get us through the next 12 years, <laughs> the next <laughs> many cycles of all of this happening. So with coronavirus, and I know a lot of people are scared and wondering what your spirits are saying about what's coming next. Council members uh, of the high council, and when I say high council, it doesn't mean higher than you. It just means that they are the council that's here to govern us wisdom so that we can maintain our positions on earth as operatives of love. Um, council members, uh, what, uh, it, it, when it comes to the coronavirus, what are we looking at here? They said we have four waves of, of the cycle. The cycles will start, uh, the second wave starts now. Uh, the building process will continue within the next several weeks and go into August when it hits the strongest. And it will be, again, for us to go into another situation where the government will try to lock us all down again and to uh, appropriate the idea of rules and regulations that human beings are going to start, you know, not wanting to follow. We have to shift the consensus of, of reality back to the people instead of thinking that we don't have power. And the way they keep us in that consensus is by telling us that unless they, we don't purchase the consumerism approach to life of what they think we need in order to be happy and survive, then we're never going to have what we call security and safety. And so the security and safety is used as a measurement tool for obedience on our planet. 
And the obedience factor comes from the idea of being liked and loved, right? So like is a bridge to love, right? So the idea of being acknowledged, seen, heard, appreciated, valued, or having, achieving, and building something that people can see or you can see that makes you feel safe is a disillusionment of human consciousness. And so council members, uh, these, these four waves, uh, uh, what is going to happen in these four waves? People are going to be very angry and upset uh, that measures have not been put in place to protect us. Uh, people are going to be wondering if the government is going to use some divisive way to control us. And some people just don't even believe that there is a coronavirus, which, which I find very fascinating because I have a lot of friends who lost their family members and cried to me on the phone for hours um, how their father or their uncle or their brother died from Corona, um, especially in Sweden, in Israel, close friends of mine who I've been friends with more than 30 years, you know, screaming on the phone with me. How can people not believe this is real? My uncle had no pre-consisting conditions and he died. So how sad. I do believe that there's different strains of the virus. I do believe that it affects different people's bodies differently, but I also believe it's based on your mindset. And I think marching down the street saying, I can't breathe is literally sorcery in action. And we shouldn't do that on any level. I think any type of words that we say should always be about how strong and powerful your immune system is, how, pay, how you don't, how you're not going to manifest or create so that you, so you are recognizing your position in your creative uh, faculty. So the, the idea is uh, soul, and I, I want you to experience this right now, actually. Uh, so if you can just say soul. Soul. I want you. I want you. To create a protective field. To create a protective field. Of any energies. Of any energies. Frequencies. Frequencies. Or viruses. Or viruses. Affecting your body structure now. Affecting my body. No, your, your you're talking your. to your soul. Okay. Okay. Affecting your body structure now. And I want you to create a warm sensation soul. And I want you to create a warm sensation soul of health and wellness of health and wellness in your body, in your body right now, right now. I feel that. Yeah. I really feel that. Right. So now you've just created a protective layer and you've created, because you remember everything that exists in the physical, right? In shamanism, we go behind the scenes. We go to the spiritual, the thing that is creating the energy that creates consciousness, that pulls all of the energies together to create physical structure, which you call matter into form. So why go from this side out instead of going behind the scenes to the source of energy, right? right? And that's your soul, right? So you can say soul, Soul. I want you. I want you to generate. To generate high levels of joy. High levels of joy and laughter. And laughter over all the fears. Over all the fears that you've been experiencing. That you've been experiencing now. Now. What's happening? I, I feel happier, you know, way happier than I did a few hours ago <laughs> when I'm crying on my, on my carpet, feel much happier. Right. Now you can say soul, soul, stabilize, stabilize your body, your body and your hormones, 
and your hormones right now, right now, and create an energy surge and create an energy surge up your spine, up your spine, in your stomach, in your stomach, and blast it and blast it. So you feel so empowered. So you feel so empowered and enlightened and enlightened. How rock and roll was that? Amazing. (laughs) Such a good feeling. Such a good feeling. And I also love that everybody listening to this can can do this at home. Yes. Repeat after you. Yes, because the the thing is, is that if we're not engaging our soul, which is the authority of, of freedom and liberation and energy and alchemy, then what are we doing? Right. You know, like every day you should be engaging your soul to, to, act, to speak into your soul that which you choose or, or desire to create as a creator. And yet we keep using these I am statements. I am this and I am that. Those are interesting statements as proclamations. They are not directives for God. Mm-hmm. That's so true. So powerful. It's amazing to remember and come back to how powerful we really are mm. in ourselves and in our spirits. Because it can feel easy, especially in a time like this, to feel so out of body and scared and focusing, like you said, on other people instead of the power that we have inside of us. Mm-hmm. You know, Nelson Mandela said it best. He said, you can't, you can't free yourself from your, from your chains unless you're willing to free someone else's chains. Mm-hmm. And that means a being of service. And to be of service can come any which way you choose it to be because you are the orchestrator of this beautiful architectural design of life. So service can be you just painting a picture every day. And as you paint the picture, you're creating alchemy in the world with every stroke of the, of the paintbrush. Or it could be you dancing every morning for the healing of people who have been sick in hospitals. I mean, the, the, the shamanic approach to life is so much more life-giving than putting rules and clauses of if you don't do this, this bad thing's going to happen. If you don't do this, you're going to get bad karma. If you this and that. These are all constructs of the matrix. And the matrix knows that as long as they can get you into a clause of good versus bad and something bad's going to happen to you. In shamanism, we don't have this like, if you don't do this, bad thing's going to happen to you. You're going to get bad karma. You're going to end up here. No, it's simply freedom. It's freedom in the most highest sense of freedom. It's like true liberation. Like when I met my girlfriend, like I told her, I was like, I'm attracted to men and I'm attracted to women. And that's, that's who I am. I'm a, I'm a spirit of, of, of many spirits within one body. I'm a multidimensional being. Are you cool with that? She's like, absolutely. So I fell in love with you. I love it. I love it. You own who you are. I love her because she loves you. And you guys are just incredible souls. And it's true. We just got to be ourselves and the rest will come. Yeah. It's like Sahara Rose dancing at your wedding, you know? She knows yeah, how to dance that too. girl. We, we <laughs> have you guys on video. Every time we watch our wedding video, I'm like, Sahara is breaking it down. Shaman Derek is having so much fun. Like, that was super, it's super fun to watch. Because being at our own wedding, we didn't get to see everything going on. Like, we're just so wrapped up in joy and love. And the evening went by like this. Like it just happened. And so to watch so many things on video after 
even though I was dancing with you guys, but still everything happened so quickly. It was so cool. My favorite part, well, there's many favorite parts of your wedding, but my favorite part is when the flower girls came. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And how cute and beautiful they were and just the energy of divinity that came through when they came through. For me, because I, I, you know, we all come from heaven, but I have full memories of heaven. And I remember the beauty and the love and the playfulness of being a child in heaven. And so when I saw them, it was just like, oh my goodness, because children are the true leaders. They are like yeah. leading this love to, you know, to be able to, to, to announce this love to all of the people in the community. And you brought such a lovely, wonderful uh, group of people together in your family. Everyone was so wonderful and everyone was so absolutely divine and beautiful. And um, yeah, it was just, and I, what I love also, which really set the tone was the country music that was playing during everyone having their, you know, their, their what is it called? Like their hotel hours. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was so wonderful because I love country music. So, so, <laughs> so me and Nicole were like, yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Nicole <laughs> advised Jonathan on some of those songs. And he's going to be so happy to hear this because putting the playlist for the whole night together was something he worked on for a year and that was super special to him so the country part was so fun and he was texting Nicole being like who do we need what country artists do we need to add and it was it was so magical and I agree the flower girls like they're so special and I still talk to them about it and I'm like do you even know what a special part of of my wedding you were and they're like yeah we Ooh, do. <laughs> gosh, I love it. <laughs> I know. They're so cute. And then they stopped walking. So I heard. And so Kelsey had to pull them down. <laughs> yes. And you know, I, and yeah, exactly. And I, I love, I love, I love, I love them. I love everything about it. I love everyone there. And I love both of you. I love the love that you have for each other, the friendship that you built you know, before you stepped into this union and how much he's been there for you through all of your trials and tribulations that have that sh- have shown up. And what I love, like I said, love's resilience. I love seeing people being able to step into that love's resilience, no matter what comes at them, no matter how it happens. I remember Princess Marta said to me, this is the reason why girls never date and why they're always lonely is because the moment the press finds out, they rip you apart and the person leaves you. You know, and she was, I remember her crying one day to me and saying like, you're going to leave me because I know they're going to rip you apart. And I was like, I don't care if they rip me apart, they can never rip my heart. And that is never going to happen. And that's, you know, that's what I love is that, you know, this man that you brought into your life is truly a representation of the love that you have for yourself. And this union was so, for me to be there, um, and I had such a crazy schedule and I remember traveling all over the world and I was like, I remember like telling my team, I don't care what you do. I don't care how you do it. I've already missed Sahara Rose's wedding. I am not missing my dear friend Jordan's wedding. So you get me there. I don't care what it takes. I'm like, Nicole, we got We got it. I got to get there. So we got to yeah. make this happen. And I'm really happy that I got to be there for your, for this beautiful love's union mm-hmm. and, um, and be to witness love is the greatest thing we could ever do in life is to witness love and amplify love. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean that. Yeah. Oh, oof. It's, it's like, all I can hear is just like praise. I just feel like dancing. You know? I know me too. That makes me so happy. It was so special to us to have you there. It was, 
it was our perfect day. And I totally agree with you. And every time I say to Jonathan, I've cried to him, just like Princess Martha has cried to you, like, you're going to leave me. This has been so hard. Things with my health have been so hard. You just deserve happiness. And I'm, you know, I have gone through all these things. And he's always like, I love you. Don't be crazy. I'm (laughs) no matter what. And that has healed me. Yeah. And love heals. And you can see it. You can see it. You can feel it. You know, you know it. It's there. It's present. It's not something that's fleeting. And that's why friendship, I always say to people, you get into a relationship with someone it's really about building the friendship. It's, and, it, and also it's about building the respect and love for yourself in the process that so you don't lose yourself. You know, there's this um, amazing song from um, Kane Brown. It's one of my favorite country music songs and it's called What Ifs. And it's all of the what ifs that we go through that we're afraid of, that we have to admit to ourselves. And the way the love this country song is that because it's all about the idea, like what if this, what if this, these are all the horrible things, but what if I'm your mate? What if I'm the person who's to spend the rest of your life with you? What if I'm the man who's going to hold space for you? What if I'm the person who's going to show up and never break your heart, never hurt you, never make you feel like you're less than what if, right? And so it's, it's beautiful. And there's another one of one of those songs that I really love um, is I Prayed For You. And I play this for Martha all the time because I got her into country music and now she loves country music. And it's I Prayed For You. And it's like, I prayed for you before you even came into my life. Every relationship that I went through was me learning how to get right with God for my prayer of what my mate should really, what it, like, and when I say what my mate should be, And I say that not in the sense of that you have some expectation on your mate. It's like what is right for you as an individual, where you get to be free in your relationship and speak and be transparent with each other. That is real love. If you have to hide things, tiptoe around, scurry around the corner because you're afraid that they're going to get mad at you, that's not transparency. And in order for us to truly have healthy relationships, it's about transparency. Yeah, that's so true. I'm going to listen to those songs. I want to listen to some. I prayed for you. Beautiful. I love, we love country music. Mm, Me too. I love me some country music. It always makes me happy. It's my happiest music. Like when everything started going crazy with the, like, with all the rioting and stuff, I put on Wagon Wheel and I was just like, oh, like rock me mama like a wagon wheel. Rock me mama every way you feel. Hey, mama rock me. I mean, that to me. So good. <laughs> you have a good voice. Oh, uh, thank you. Rock me like the wind and the rain. Oh, love it. So good. Yeah. One of my roommates in college, that was her favorite song and she played it in our house all the time. And it brings back so much joy. I play that song every time I feel like I'm being undated by so much overload from like my life with Princess Marta, the fact that I haven't seen my girlfriend in such a long time with the whole COVID happening and how, you know, you know, there was a period where she jumped on an airplane right when the COVID broke out and her country was about to go into lockdown, she grabbed the kids from school, jumped with no suitcases, no nothing, jumped on an airplane and flew here and surprised me. She was sitting on the front door 
of my house with the kids. And they're like, mom just took us out of school and no bags, we have no clothes and everything. I said, it's okay, we can go shopping and get, you know, clothes, like new clothes, like it's no big deal, you know? Right. And they were like, we don't have our makeup, we don't have our this. And I was like, it's okay, babies, it's okay. Let me make you dinner. And I said, honey, you jumped on an airplane to come see me? She was, I could not get locked down in my country without seeing the man that I love before all of this went down and the kids needed to see you. So I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And even though we made a decision together collectively as a family, where we spoke to the kids and asked them where they want to be, because we knew that the corn, this thing was going to get more intense. And we know they wanted to be close to their horses and their friends from school and places where they can be in quarantine, where they can still ha- be close to the horses and be close to having their stuff in their own bedroom and all this type of stuff. So we made the decision to, you know, for her to return after her mom and dad and whole family called <laughs> and was urging her to come back and, and how disrespectful it was for her as a princess to leave when the whole king is like saying, you know, we all have to be locked down. And then he, there goes Princess Marta off on the whim with her children. And, you know, she got a lot of um, stuff from it. You know, and we both did. Mm-hmm. People blamed me for allowing it to happen and people blamed her for doing it. I mean, we always get blamed, whatever. But the point is, it was the act of love, the demonstration exactly. of love. Reminded me of my, one of my favorite movies, Titanic, where she's like, you jump, I jump. And it's, it's, that, it's that understanding of like, wh- whatever we got to go through, we're going to go through it together. And that's the kind of person you want to manifest in your life when it comes to relationships. And that's what true, that's what love is. It's like, if you're, we're going to go through the fire. We're going to walk in it together. We're going to go through this dark night, this dark uh, night of the soul. We're going to do it together. We're not going to leave each other because we are two children who love each other. And, and, and that's really where it comes down to. And even though she had to go back and I haven't seen her and I cry in my pillow and I scream in my pillow every morning and every night I go to bed and uh, she cries and we talk on the phone some two, three times. You know, she, I told her I was coming here to be with you here in the podcast. She told me to send her love to you. We know we'll see each other again one day, but I get to talk to the kids all the time. And, you know, I, Emma had a horseback riding competition and, you know, I'm always there making sure the kids know that I'm there supporting them and, you know, I, I sent her country music songs throughout the week so she can listen to how I feel about her. And, you know, you can keep love alive by you keeping love within yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that she came to see you. And that is love. I mean, you guys are so special. It makes me so happy. And it's true. <laughs> we're just little kids. We're all just little kids. That's what kids. And I say every day. I'm like, I'm just like a little five-year-old who's in love with, with yes! five too. And he's like, I know. we have fun and I know you guys do too and I mean that's how I feel about my relationship with both of you is like I'm this little boy who's like just want to spend time with my friends you know me too and I you miss know? everybody and I think that's why I was crying earlier too it's just everything's so different right now and like I really miss everybody and I'm I just miss everything <laughs> And it's okay to feel that way sometimes. So. Girl, I got a manicure and petty yesterday and I was like, I thought I was getting crow's feet. I was like, I was afraid to walk down the hallway and bump into someone. I thought I was going to cut someone with a mic. Like I got there, I was like talking to this one woman. She was so lovely. She had her mask on and we were in the Manny Petty place. And I'm like, oh my God, you don't realize these luxuries of like just getting a Manny Petty and how much it makes you feel, yes. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten one since my wedding. Like, I can't wait. 
I cannot. Yeah. It's time. Oh, you're the best. I'm so happy to have you back here. We could talk for hours. Tell, oh, everybody, tell everybody where they can find you and tell us about your book because everybody needs to get it. So Spirit Hacking is a book that I created uh, through a vision that I had when I was fasting for 42 days that I got a vision very clearly that it was time to write a book to prepare everyone for what's coming. And spirit, I don't usually, you know, like a lot of people write books and they put out book after book after book after book. That's not me, you know, and that will never be me. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not, that's not me. Like people will have like, okay, I have a book this year. This is my next book. And when is your next book? Now I put out books based on energetic things that are happening in the world. And, uh, you know, spirit hacking was a survival tome created to help people through navigating these dark times on our head and how we stay, be the torch, the light, the beacon, the, the beautiful flame that moves through the darkness and utilize all the things that we've gone through in our lives to be the carriage that carries us through. And Spirit Hacking is giving you the like common sense, real tools. Here's the ways that you move and shift through these things easily and effortlessly without you having to like really bat an eye if you just, you know, honor the, the, the power that represents you. And Spirit Hacking shows you how to stay in that autonomy and be able to to, to orchestrate the spirit hacks in there to keep you connected to spirit so that you're just like, I got this, you know, I'm this beautiful light that is moving through the darkness and anybody want to come along, you know, I'll show you how to light yourself up so that you can be that light and we'll be many lights in the dark, you know? And so that's what spirit hacking is about. It's, it's really our book. It's not my book. It's our, I wrote it for the world to be able to have a, a way to, to navigate these times and um, I write in a very no-nonsense way, the way I speak. You know, I'm not holding anything back. I'm not playing games here. I'm not trying to pet the pooch or make you feel comfortable. I'm going I'm to sh- share it with you in a playful, loving way, you know, and take the piss out of the whole situation because we can't keep, you know, just sugarcoating everything and think that's how we're going to survive. We have to rip off the Band-Aid. We have to bring love to the wound and, bring, and then transmutate it, transfigurate it, and transform it. And it's the three TTs. Like I said, the three TTs. And that's how we move through. So people can, you know, get the book Spirit Hacking. They can join the Healing Temple, which is every Friday. It's 30 minutes of healing, shamanic healing. We, we cover all bases for everything from ancestral to like today was relationships of all kind, family relationships, love relationships. Um, you know, next week is spiritual immunity, being able to tighten up your spiritual immunity so you're not affected by the occurrences of frequencies and negative frequencies that are happening in the world. Every week it's something else and it's only $10 and I created it to create a beacon of light. But also I've got doctors, biohackers, all types of people coming through there being like, oh my God, I was shaking. I was throwing up. I never felt so much love come through me. I, one person was like, I've had these chronic pains in my ovaries. It's gone. So it's like, the, it's really, you know, for me, it's about people seeing that they are the healer. They are the shaman. They are the powerhouse. And that's what the Healing Temple is about. And so with that and the teachings of shamanism that I offer on shamanjerk.com at the Shaman School and giving people every single way I can support them. We even do money giveaways uh, for people who can't pay their bills. I do money giveaways to people. We're doing everything we can to support society, community, families, love, children, everything. And it's been really um, wonderful to be of service to each and every person on the planet. That's amazing. Yes, you are living so in alignment with your truth and your heart and your love. And still that light beam that I keep seeing keeps like coming in like this over and over. So many angels. 
surrounding you. And then people can find you on your podcast as yes. well. And Instagram, Shaman Derek, all the places. And everybody listening, you guys have to follow him. Listen to his podcast, read his book. He's such a force of light in the world and in my life. And I'm so lucky to know you. I feel so uplifted after talking to you specifically today. Like this was so needed and I just love you so much. And I just want to say thank you, my love. I love you too, very, very much. But I want to say thank you for giving me a platform to share my love with the world as a colored man, um, you know, as a melanated brother. Uh, it's really been a challenge in the wellness world to be given the space to speak um, and be able, I've had to really hammer, like I was talking to Light Watkins and a lot of my other friends who are of color, you know, Michael Bethwick and all these people. And it's how we've had to really trudge to get people to hear us and to be able to have a voice or a place for us to be able to share our love and our wisdom and our teachings from our lineages and our cultures. And I really appreciate you giving me a chance to speak as a, a colored man, a melanated man on your platform to your, to your, to your community. So I just want to thank you for honoring, you know, black culture and giving me a space to speak and share. Um, I'm very honorable that you have done that because it's really about people, uh, white, uh, light-skinned people. You know, one of the things I loved about uh, Marilyn Monroe was how she always would stand up for, for black singers and show and tell the club owners, like, I'm going to stay here if you let that person sting on stage. Yeah. And it's so nice to be able to see, you know, the white woman such as yourself creating a platform for me to speak and to give me a chance to share my love with the world. Um, it, it, it really touches my heart because it's, it's, um, oh, I don't want to start crying again. It's, um, it's quite a journey. I'd say. I can only imagine. And of course, I've always been beyond honored to, to know you and to have you on the podcast. And I'll never forget seeing you in person for the first time at Mind Body Green Revitalize. I don't even know if you know this. And I came up to you and I was like, I've heard you on a podcast before and I think you're so powerful and you're so special. And you just, you hugged me and you made me feel so seen. And I was just like fangirling over you. And then you spoke and gave this powerful welcome to the whole large group that weekend. And I've been in awe of you ever since. And so it's, it's my honor to know you. And I just, I love you. Your voice deserves to be heard far and wide. And, and you inspire me so much. I love you so much. And thank you so much for honoring me. Always. You help me so much. And, and so many people that we know. We all just love you so much. I love you too. So special. It's my every day to do my best, the best that I can do for this world. You know, as long as I have breath in my lungs, I just want to do the best that I can for this world. Absolutely. And with what you've been through, and we've talked about this on the podcast, and so people can go back to those old episodes that we did together, where you almost lost your life and you chose to come back here. And I think about that all the time. I'm like, if Shaman Durek chose to come back here after this near-death death experience that you had, 
then I can keep pushing forward as well. Even when it seems like I don't want to or I can't. Yeah. And so I want you to know, I, I think about that all the time. Oh, I love you, honey. You know, it's that I think it's the energy that we sometimes go through because we go through so much physical pain or hurt. And we're just like, why do I stay here? Like, why am I here? Like, why do I want to be on this planet? Why, why am I here? I just don't want to be here anymore. And I think, I think that, um, I think that's the greatest spiritual accomplishment is to be able to move past that and choose to stay. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. And we make that choice and, and then life gets better. Yeah. And we realize, okay, thank goodness, pushed through the hard stuff. Yeah. And you keep pushing and I'll, I'm here to support you in any way. And you tell me something comes up, you call me, something comes up, I'll give you a formula that you can use shamanically. You just know I'm here for you. Thank you so much. That means so much. And obviously the same to you. I'm always here and I love you. And I love you too. Now I just got to see you and hug you. Yeah. And then be together. And then go on a double date when we are all able to be together in the world again. Absolutely. That will be special. Yes. And to have you at my wedding, which I can't wait. Heck yes. Yeah. Are there any plans for that or that's going to be in the future? Well, uh, we definitely know we're going to get married and um, I already have all the, you know, I, I mean, I had many pr- times put the proposal together and uh, um, asked her parents, you know, for, for that and uh, went through the whole process of it and everything. But then we got, you know, we had her husband, Ari, you know, he, you know, killed him, took his life oh, on I Christmas. That was really, that was really hard for us. And I got you know, wanting to hold down the fort for my, for my amazing woman and the children while getting battered by the world, blaming me for his death and attacking me and mobbing my Instagram and like anything they could do to, 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 to attack me with every word and every nasty, vile thing you could think someone would ever say to a human being was said to me. And, um, and, and not really caring so much about the arrows that were being thrown at me because I was more focused on my girlfriend and the children, you know, and then having that happen to having a friend of hers who was racist, not, uh, you know, talk, uh, and connect with people, um, to try to make me look like I'm this horrible person and I'm this, you know, liar and I'm this and that. So there's been a lot of that. And then having friends who I thought really, I, I, spent so much of my life really being there for them and supporting them. And then the moment I reached a celebrity status and being a part of the Royal family started selling stories to the press and making, you know, $20,000 pop and, you know, doing everything they can to create, um, some form of, um, stability for themselves off of my life. And I thought they were my friends. And so now it's made me, very mindful of the people I'm around and where, what type of events I go to, what type of situations I put myself into, because I know that I have to be very careful that people, you know, go into those places that you think the person who says they love you or care about you and they're your friend. And then all of a sudden they turn around and, you know, they're trying to destroy you Mm -hmm. and you know, sell stories to the press or try to discredit you and Princess Marta and cause more havoc for the royal family and more havoc for you as an individual and then spread lies and all these different things when 
it's like, you know, my dad used to always say, it's like, it's, 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 you can say a lot of person can say a lot of things about you. And if it's bad things, cause you know, I'm sure you get it as well. You just let them say it because people who will know the truth by your actions and they'll know the truth by in the way in which you show up. And that's all I can do every day is to show up to be the most loving, open, holding space for women, holding space for men to understand uh, what it means to allow themselves to step into their place on, on, that, on that scale of, um, of evolution and really hold space for the planet, for people to go through whatever they need to go through and maintain my own wellness. Like, what does that wellness look like for me? Getting on my trampoline and jumping, getting on my bike and doing my biking, you know, meditating, doing my, my sweats and, you know, spending time with the ancestors, practicing my powers, learning how to create energy balls and, you know, throw them in the room and see if I can create sensations and feelings in people's bodies in the room and practicing how I can be a stronger shaman, a more powerful shaman so that I can teach people how to do the same for themselves. Yes. So amazing. Well, I can't wait for you guys to get married, going back to that part, because that's going to be special. And whenever that time comes, it's going to be perfect, surrounded by people that love you so much and that you can trust. And I definitely know the feeling, not to the degree that you've experienced, but just of thinking that you have these trustworthy friendships and then it turns out not at all. And that's really, really painful. And sometimes I feel like holding that, I've held that in my body. And it has also contributed to these physical symptoms that I've had because it's so painful. So It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. You also then have the privilege of realizing who's really in your life. And if that's a smaller group of people, so be it because they're good people. And... That's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Like I was telling, because like Princess Martha was so upset she couldn't be there for your wedding. And she wanted everything to be there. But, you know, we had so many complications that she was dealing with um, in Norway. And it's just like, you know, for me, it's like having people like you in my life and having like Sahara and Saw and like people who I just are down, just real and loving and just creative and inspirational and just, just, ugh, just like, mwah. You know, it's so good and feels so good um, because I can allow myself to be myself because I'm always under scrutiny in the public. The mark of the door in LA, I got like TMZ on me. I got this person on me, I got that person on me. So I stay home a lot. I'm a homebody. I spend a lot of my time in my home. And it's nice to be able to go to like someone's house and be like, oh, I can just like lay on the floor and roll around like a, like a turtle if I want to. And no one's going to judge me. And you know what I mean? I can jump up and down and be like, hey, 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 hey. And no one's going to judge me. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, for yes. you know. So <laughs> I know. I'm with you. And I'm such a homebody too. And sometimes so many days pass and I'm like, I have not left this. I've not left the house in so long because I'm so happy here. But it is nice to have those friends that you just connect with no matter what. And so grateful to have that in you. I love you so much. I love you too. So yeah, so anyway, I haven't proposed to her, uh, but it will happen for sure. Um, and it's just a matter of what's going on with everything. And when that time comes, of course, it will be all over the press. I'm sure of it. Um, because that's going to be like, what? 
a what? He's marrying her? So it's not because, you know, because people, you know, they always like, like when Kanye and like, and Kardashian was together, they're like, oh, they're going to break up. They're going to split up. Right. Split. Like everyone thinks they know what your relationship is when they exactly. know nothing. They don't know the exactly. depth of your love and how much devotion you have to each other and how many lifetimes you've shared with each other. This woman was my queen when I was king of Egypt that helped me be who I am today because I learned what it was like to rule people through fear. And now I understand what the system is doing because I remember having to pay homage to the ETs by having these sacrifices in the temples with the priestesses to constantly appease these ETs to keep me in power and keep enslaving the Israelites. So I, I, I know firsthand I've been through all those lifetimes. I know firsthand. So for her, she has full memory. And, you know, and, and so we know what we need to do in our position and we're going to do it. And people are going to, some people are going to be pissed off. They're going to be like, what the heck are you saying and doing? And I'm like, sorry, but we came to take down this nonsense of hierarchy and really create something new. And Hey, you know what? You're going to have a problem with us being married. That's your choice. But yes, that is my future wife. And we already, we already established that many times um, with each other. So yeah. now it's just putting that whole thing together and creating it to be a beautiful experience versus, you know, being, cause like we don't, I, I don't want to do anything that's like, so, you know, structured. I want it to be us, like what we want to do. So, you know, it's all a process of like what, what's right for her, what's right for me, what's right for the kids, you know, and a lot of postponing of the, uh, of the engagement has been because of what happened with Ari and the country and respecting the people of Norway, not to create that, respecting the girls mostly. You know, Emma and Maude and Leia are my sweethearts and I want them to feel comfortable. I want that they just lost their father in December on Christmas morning. And I just want them, or Christmas night, I just want them to, uh, to be comfortable and be a part of it with me versus it just being like, oh, wow, you know, Dirk is is proposing the mom and we haven't even mourned our father long enough. Right, you know? right. So it's just, I can't, I, I'm very responsible in that way. And so the right time, right place, it will happen. Absolutely. In the most perfect timing. And I'm so excited for you both to be there. So it's so exciting. I'm probably going to need your advice, you know, because yeah. I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm definitely going to be getting all your counseling advice, all yeah. your guidance about how I'm supposed to be doing this. It'll be fun to get to tell you everything we've learned in yeah. the process, but it's... That, it does, I'll be honest, it does scare me, you know, I'll be honest, because yeah. like, you know, there's a lot of planning. It's a lot of planning and you don't mm -hmm. want to forget someone because you're like, oh my God, what if I forget that person and they get mad at me that I invite them to the wedding? And that like, happens. You know, that does happen. Ugh, and I wrestle with that still I'm like oh there's a few people and it's yeah it's it's just it's hard to do it perfectly um so hard but yeah. it's worth it but yeah I was gonna go to you I told, your life. I told Princess Martha I was gonna go to you and like pick you both your brains like how do you do it how do you, tell you like, everything. and then I, I get anxiety already about it you know I know you'll get a good planner because they, they, they know, and then you don't have to worry so much about all those details. You just think about what you want it to feel like and look like and cultivate that vibe. And Jonathan and I decided the vibe we wanted was for everybody to feel love and fall in love with the people they came with more and fall in love with themselves more. And that's what he said from the beginning. And so we, that's what we tried to do. And we've heard that's, that's what you did. People felt. That's they, what you did. That. Yeah. That's all I felt it. 
that's all we wanted. And yeah. my vows, oh my God, when we watched the video and I saw that my vows were potentially 20 minutes long. I was, <laughs> oh my God, what was I doing? But it was fabulous. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know they were so long, but it was from the heart. And yes, it, was it, was. Not, it was not curated that part. It was just so raw and yeah, and it's special and it was us. And that's, that's all you want at the end of the day. Yeah, it was, it was perfect, my dear. 100% perfect. There's nothing, there was, yeah, everything was perfect. I everything about it was perfect. Thank you, my love. I love you so much. I love you too. You see how we can't even get off, we can't, we can't oh, get out of this podcast with each other. Seriously. We're like, <laughs> this is this is how much love we have uh, the world. Like our love is so much, we can't even end the podcast. <laughs> we can't. We don't even know how. And that's what I needed today. And I have a feeling everybody listening needed it too. So I'm happy. Me too. You're the best. We're going to see you. each other really soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Mwah. Mwah. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Shaman Durek. I could talk to him forever. As you could probably tell, I had a lot of trouble ending the conversation because I never wanted it to end. So if you like longer episodes, then this one was for you. I hope you felt like you were just hanging out with us while also learning some things, getting emotional with us, all the things. He's so special. So definitely check him out. Check out his book. Spirit Hacking. It's fabulous. Check him out on shamandirect.com, shamandirect on Instagram. Show him that TBB family love. Definitely rate and review this podcast on iTunes if you felt like you enjoyed it and it added some value into your life. And then send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancebond.com so I can send you a free gift as a thank you. And lastly, Join our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook to keep the conversation going. I'm sending you guys so much love. I hope everyone's day is fabulous and soulful and soul on fire and wonderful in every way. Um, And I hope that this episode brought you everything you needed today. So thank you again to Shaman Durek for opening up, for being vulnerable and amazing and inspiring in every single way. And thank you to you guys for being here. I love all of you. Have the most wonderful day. Talk to you next week. Or actually this week, because this is a bonus episode. So I will talk to you on Wednesday with another special brand new episode. So much love. Bye.